I sense that he is, he is working in your hearts as well. We spoke recently about how in the Bible there was a, an occurrence where Jesus and the disciples had uh, gotten into a boat and were headed to the other side of this lake. And as they were headed there, it takes approximately an hour, maybe an hour and a half, to row to the other side of this lake. And as they were doing this, a storm whips up. If you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. We're going to just read through what is happening here. So this is in the evening now. Chapter 4 of Mark, verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, Jesus said to His disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind... They took him along, just as he was, in the boat. So it may have happened that, as in other times in the Bible, Jesus would get in one of these fishing boats and then push out a ways from shore. And if you've ever been on a lake or fishing or something like that, when you're on the water, when you're talking that sound goes a long ways. You may be hearing a a complete conversation that another boat is having because the sound bounces off of the water. Okay? And so Jesus uses this as an amplification system like we are right now, a whole sound system. They didn't have that. And so they used what they could. They would build buildings... When I was in Israel, I saw the remains of one of these buildings, an amphitheater of sorts that was shaped down like this. And then, um, so the the seating was up like this, so the sound would bounce off of that. And then there was a stage, if you will, and the sound would bounce off of that. So the sound was kind of contained in this amphitheater. But Jesus didn't have that at this point right here. He's out on the water, and so he has the, the fishermen, his disciples, push out a little ways from shore. And so as he's speaking, the crowds are still there on the shore, and they're listening to him. And when they're finished, Jesus says to his disciples, we need to go to the other side. And so as he is in the boat with them, they begin to row to the other side. They leave the crowds there. And you can see the other side of the lake. It's not like some of the great lakes around here that, I mean, you can't see the other side. In this 
location, you can see the other side. And though it might take you an hour or an hour and a half to row there, you can see it. But in the evening, as they're rowing, okay, and it's probably getting dark at this point, a big storm whips up so badly and so quickly that the waves begin to come over the sides of these boats. Now, these boats had low sides to them. All right, And the reason for that is because the fishermen are reaching over to pull the nets in. Now, if these, these sides of these boats were high, it would be really difficult for the fishermen to, to lean over and pull these boats or these uh, nets up out of the water. And so the sides were, were kind of low. And so when the waves kicked up, it could be a real problem for them. And it could fill that boat very quickly with water, and it could capsize the boat, and they would sink. Okay? So now, as we've set this stage here, it says, Leaving the crowd behind, in verse 36, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Now, there were other boats with them as well. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So in the nick of time here, a squall comes up, the wind whips up the waves, and the waves begin to crash into this boat, and the boat is nearly full. And the boat, when, it, when they say the boat was nearly swamped, that means the boat was nearly full and was starting to sink. Okay? And so you got all these guys in this boat, not only this boat, but the others that were with them, there were, there were no difference. Okay? But there, the one difference about this boat is Jesus is in it. Okay? Now, there is, in this boat, there... Jesus falls asleep as they're leaving the people and the men are rowing and they're yakety-yakking about what, what had just happened and what they're going to do later on and this and that. And, and as they're rowing, Jesus falls asleep in the front of this boat. Okay? And these boats are about 18 feet long. They're not huge boats. Okay? And so if a man is six feet long, three men's length, give or take 18, 20 feet, okay? And they're not all that big, and they're not all that high off of the water at all, but Jesus is in the front of this fairly small fishing boat, and he's fallen asleep. He was sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up in the middle of the storm. They're scared to death. And and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? Notice what they call him. Teacher. Teacher. The name that they call him says a lot. They don't call him Savior. They call him Teacher. So they recognize him still as a wise man, maybe even a 
um, a good man. They recognize them. There's something different here, but they don't recognize Jesus in the fullness of who he is and what he can do. Okay? They're still calling him teacher. All right? They see him as a wise man, a man of the scripture, um, a holy man. But that's about it at this point, that they would still be calling him teacher. Okay? And so Jesus is sleeping in the front of this boat. They wake him up and they say, Teacher, don't you care? Now, there's another thing. They still have not come to the point to where they understand that this Jesus is all for them is on their side. And why would he be worried? They still don't know who he is, do they? They don't know in the fullness of who this Jesus is. Let's read on. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, and what did he do? He rebuked the wind and said to the waves... Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. So Jesus didn't get up and put on his life vest and tell the other boys to put on their life vests and batten down the hatches, did he? No. He showed them who he was. He showed them the power that he has. He got up and he stood in the stern of that boat and he spoke to the waves. He spoke into this storm and he said, quiet, be still. Can you imagine these men who don't know Jesus? We know Jesus. We know the story. It's easier for us to believe. These guys only knew this much of Jesus. And he's standing up. Can you see, when, can you see them when he's reaching out his hands? He begins to speak to Who's this guy think he is? What's he doing? Quiet. Be still. And the storm went away. The wind went away, and the waves are now calm. Now, what are they thinking? <laughs> They're looking at each other like, did, I, did you just see what, what he did? Am I, am I seeing this? Pinch Somebody pinch me here. Did I just see this? Wow. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Just take a message for me if you would. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They didn't have much faith, did they? They didn't have much faith still. They didn't recognize who this guy, this Jesus was. They're still calling him teacher. They didn't call him savior. They didn't call him son of God. Teacher. <coughs> They were terrified and they asked each other, listen to this now. Who is this? 
Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Wow. That is some serious business. That is some serious business. Jesus is showing his control over creation, friends. Ain't nobody done that before. So not only is he now, in their eyes, a teacher of the scriptures, a holy man, he is a boss. You follow me? He ruled it like a boss. You ever hear that phrase, like a boss? He's the man. And he demonstrated his power over creation. That speaks a lot. Only certain beings could do that. Right? Only certain beings could control creation. This man had to be the Son of God. This man had to be the Son of God. This is some serious business. In our lives, we are in, oftentimes, a fishing boat. And the sides are low. And the boat sits low to the water. And storms whip up quickly in our lives. And sometimes we feel like our little fishing boat is going to be swamped. You feel like that? Have you ever felt like that? Like your little fishing boat is about to be swamped. That's a scary place to be. That's scary. And when these things happen, what is it that we're going to hold on to? Are we going to put our life vests on? Are we going to be scared and afraid? Or are we going to put our hope and our trust in the one (laughs) that can speak to the storm and tell it, peace, be still? Where is your hope and your trust? You see, the, the importance of this is not that he calmed the storm. The importance is that he demonstrated his power over it. You understand? It's not so much that that the storm was calmed, it's that he spoke to it and it obeyed him. And he has the power to do so in your lives as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about the storm. It's about the one who speaks to it. (laughs) and he will do that in your lives as well. It's not about the storm. It's not about the difficulty that you may be going through. It's not about the circumstances. It's about the one that has the power to get you through the storm. When he calmed that storm, these men continued on to the other side. 
and accomplished what God had them to do. God demonstrated his power in that day to speak to the storm. And if Jesus was to speak to this storm and this storm didn't obey him, he would have been a fool, wouldn't he? He would have proven himself a fool. But the fact that the storm obeyed, even the storm bowed low to the Son of God. Do you see the power in that? Do you see the power in the name of Jesus? And all the power that the Father has, the Almighty God who created the universe, Jesus was right there with him, working right alongside his daddy. (laughs) He knows all about it, and he has power over it all. Do you think that maybe, just maybe, he has enough power to get you through the storm? that you are in today do you think that maybe he has the power (laughs) to stand in the stern of your little boat and speak to that storm you better believe he does you better believe he does you are his child you belong to him You are his sons and daughters if you believe and have received him, the Bible says. You belong to him. You have been adopted as sons and daughters, the Bible says. Do you think that he's going to allow you to sink in your little boat of life? Not a chance. There's not a chance. So I tell you today, No matter, no matter what the circumstances are that you are facing today as you walked in this place, be it financial, be it your marriage, be it your job, your children, and you can just fill in that blank with anything you want. I want to tell you today, God knows what it is, and He is going to be the one to carry you through it and bring you through it because he has the power to do so like nobody else. God is speaking to you today. Open your hearts, open your spirit and allow him, allow him to speak into you today. There's some new folks here today or some people that haven't been here in a while maybe. God's speaking to you today. Receive it. Take that with you. Allow him to work in your heart. The Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door to me, I will come in and we will sup together. We're going to eat together. God wants access through the door of your heart. God wants access to your life. God wants access to every area of your life. And if you will open the door to him, he will come in. And when, it's, when the Bible talks about sitting down and eating together, it is a time of peace. 
It is a time of relaxation. It is a time of talking. When a Jewish person would hear this, this is a time of peace. It's a time where they're just going to talk about life. And that's what Jesus wants to do to you and to me. And he's knocking on the doors of our hearts. And he's waiting for us to allow him entrance into our lives. Why? Because he's going to bring peace. He's going to bring peace. In the 23rd Psalm, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Think about that in light of what we just talked about. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I got chills. (laughs) So in the presence of your enemies is talking about war, friends. It's talking about trouble. Maybe even some fighting going on there. In the presence of my enemies, there should be no peace in the presence of your enemies. But God is saying to you, I'm going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies so that no matter who's against you, I'm with you and I'm bringing peace to the situation because I have the power to do so. Hallelujah. God has the power to do that in your life. To bring peace to you when there shouldn't be peace, friends. And this kind of peace is only is the only peace that brings lasting peace, lasting joy, comfort in the midst of the storm. He's the only one that has and owns that kind of peace. He's the only one that has the right to give it. And he's going to do that for you if you trust in him. Fifteen years. I never get tired of telling this story, though you may get tired of hearing it. (laughs) Too bad. (laughs) Fifteen years I was on disability. I was unable to work. Surgery after surgery, procedure after procedure, medication after medication... And nothing took the pain away. I needed an anchor in my life to hold me strong in the harbors of God's peace. Do you understand what I'm saying? And he did that for me. Though the storms in my life were raging out of control, we didn't have money, bills were coming in, we didn't have the money to pay them. One thing about bills, they don't go away. They'll wait for you. Learn that. (laughs) They're going to wait, okay? I couldn't do things for myself. I was dependent on other people to do them for me. I was in a brace for a long time, from here down to here. It was miserable. I was miserable. I had... No purpose. I couldn't do anything. I was, I could, I could read. That's about it. And I'll tell you something. Though it was difficult for me, it was really difficult for me. And not only did it affect me, it affected my wife. It affected my marriage. 
It affected my babies. It affected our whole household. But I'll tell you something else. In those times when that storm is raging, it teaches you how to trust God. Because you have nowhere else to turn. You can't just shut it off. You can't shut off the storm. You can't shut it off. So what are your choices? Trust God or sink? (laughs) That's pretty much all of it, right? We had to trust God. And there were times when literally we were eating out of the hands of God himself. By that I mean God was providing the food on which we lived. It was hell, but we saw firsthand God moving. We saw it, and there was no one else that that could be but God. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. When things are at their worst and the enemy is at the door and the enemy is ready to overcome you, God is not wringing his hands in fear. Neither should we. He's setting the table. Because we're going to sit down. We're going we're to have us a meal. Yeah. Let the arrows fly. Let the bullets fly. Let the bills come. You hear me? Amen. Let them come. Amen. Because we are in the presence of the Almighty. We are in the presence of His Son, Jesus Christ, who has the power to speak to the storm. He has the power to carry you through it all. He has the one that has, can give peace that only He can give. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And we're just sitting down. Can you picture this in your mind? Can you picture the war is raging all around you like Braveheart? It's all around you. Okay? And you and me and God, we just sitting down and we're having a meal. There's white linen on the table. It's a beautiful setting. And we're sitting there in the peace of God's presence. And that's really what it is. It's the presence of God in those circumstances that gives us that peace. Amen? Amen. It's the presence of God in that boat with you. It's the presence of God. Think back about this, and we talked about this as well. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the fiery furnace, heated seven times hotter than it had ever been heated because the king is so mad at these three Jewish brats that won't bow down to him in this idol 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide that has been created in his image. They won't bow to this thing because they won't have any other gods before them. I wonder if there was any other Jewish boys who refused to stand up for fear. You ever think about that? That's interesting, isn't it? Either way, 
These three out of all these thousands and thousands of other people who bowed down to this idol for fear of their lives, these guys would not. And they're under 20 years old. And the king throws them into the furnace. He is furious. And he thinks, who is going to save you now from my hand? And he's saying to everybody, I'm the boss. I have the power. I'm the one who has the power to take your life from you, to burn it all. And what happens? These three guys are in there. And who's in there with them? Yeah. Jesus, the Son of God, is in there with them. And the king stands up to his amazement. He says, hey, who's in this fire down there with these three brats that I just threw in there? Who's in there with them? He looks like he's, it can't be. He looks like he's, he's a son of God. And what is he? He calls them out. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys, come on out of there. So they come out of the fire, and they're standing before this king. And it says, they don't even smell like smoke. Let me tell you something about smoke, friends. It gets into your clothes. It gets into your hair. It gets into everything. And it stinks. You ever been to a campfire for a while? Yeah. Your friends, maybe you smoke. It it sticks in your clothes. They smell it. You can smell it. Wood stoves, yes. Same thing. All right? But they're standing before this king who thinks he has all this power and authority over them, and he has none. In this situation, he got none. They don't smell like smoke. Not a hair on their head is singed. They're not afraid because God is with them in the midst of the fire. God, do you see what God is doing here? God is displaying his power to thousands of people in the king that was ruling that whole area who thought he was so tough. Wow. Friends, that is the same God who is speaking to you and says, allow me access to your life because I want to bring peace to you. There's nobody else. Nobody else that can do that. No doctor can do that. No friend can do that. Only God can bring that kind of peace. The only thing that is required for us to have that kind of peace is to have faith and trust in Him. That's what He wants to do for you. His child. You're His. You belong to Him if you believe and trust in Him. Then you allow Him access to your life. Friends, allow God to speak to your heart today. Will you turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. 
Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. People say that the Bible is not relevant. I don't even need to read that to you. (laughs) That is so relevant. It's relevant to today. It's relevant in our lives. It's relevant in our families. It's relevant in our government, in the state of the world. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen to that last part. And the peace of God that what? Transcends all understanding. We don't even understand the peace. That's what it's saying. It's not any peace. It's not no earthly peace. That's the peace of God that goes beyond our understanding will protect our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. He's telling us, don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Keep your eyes right here, right here. That's what he's saying. Don't be looking at the waves that are coming in your boat. Don't be looking at the bills that are coming in your mailbox. Don't be looking at the circumstances around you because when you take your eyes off of the master, those things look like such big, big problems. But when you take those big, big mountainous problems and then you put them up to a big God, they're nothing. They're nothing. God is bigger than all my problems. God's bigger than all my fears. There's nothing that can overcome me when my hope is in Christ Jesus the Lord. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and petition. What is petition? Prayer and petition is you're bringing your needs to God. You're bringing your needs to God in prayer. That's all it is. Praise the Lord. One last thing. Let's turn to um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Let's read from this book that is so outdated for our lives. This book that has nothing relevant to say. (laughs) Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I've never read a more relevant book my whole life. There's not one that exists. 
There's not one that exists that's more relevant. Cast all all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. He cares about the situation that you're going through. Your very unique situation. Maybe nobody else knows it. Maybe you're hiding it from everybody because of embarrassment. Maybe, and that happens a lot, you know, our situations are sometimes very embarrassing for us. And we don't want anybody to know. We we don't want anybody to know that we're falling apart inside. God forbid. God knows. He knows the things that we hide. And yet he still knocks. (laughs) he still knocks on the door of our heart and he says, Jim, do you hear me out here? I want to come in. I want to come into your life. Tyler, I want to come into your life. Let me in so that I can help you, so that I can bring peace to that situation in your life. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I want, to, I want to give you an opportunity. If you would like prayer about something that's going on in your life, maybe your boat is about ready, as the Bible was saying, to be swamped. Maybe you feel like your life is about ready to be swamped. Why don't you come forward and let us pray for you? Let us help you with that. I promise you're not, you're not going to be uh, asked to sign some, your life away <clears throat> to Alabama Full Gospel. We just want to be alongside of you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those, first of all, that have come forward this morning in need of prayer, those that are asking for your intervention, O oh God, in and, and the situations of their lives. Father, I just pray that you would give them a quiet confidence, Heavenly Father, a peace in the midst of the storm. I pray, O oh God, that you would sustain them. I pray that you would show them your power in the midst of this storm. I pray, O oh God, that you would bring a peace that only you can give. I pray that you would demonstrate, O oh God, your power in the midst of their storms and bring that peace, oh God. Father, I pray that when we leave here today that we would not leave the same that we came in. That that heavy heart is gone right now in the name of Jesus. That depression is gone right now in the name of Jesus. And the joy that has been stolen away, oh, that's coming back with more. There's going to be more joy. The joy of your salvation. The joy of your Savior. You watch and see. And so I tell you today, with all confidence in Christ the Lord, lift up your eyes, friends. Lift up your countenance. Don't you be looking down anymore. No more of that. You lift up. (laughs) You lift up your chin. You look your eyes to the heavens above where your help comes from. Where does your help come from? Our help 
comes from the Lord. You lift up your eyes, church. Your confidence is in Christ the Lord.